Mark Zeno joins us right now. 92-9 the game in Atlanta. Mark, how you doing tonight, man? Guys, how are you? Pretty good. So we got a good one, obviously. Uh, ALCS, we're on the Yankees tonight. Yankees tied up right now with the Astros. One all, got off to a nice little start. It was a one nothing game. They're plus 110 on the money line. Anything in this game? Talking a little baseball to start off. My fandom wouldn't allow me to get into it just because I felt like the Astros were the right side tonight, given all the Yankees had to deal with the rainouts, the, the blotchy schedule, and then celebrating last night, having to get on a plane and go play tonight against, you know, Verlander. So, I mean, look, I know the Yankees is a plus one and a half on the run line. Seemed like it was a, it was a smart play, right? And there was a lot of action going towards the dog. But, uh, I mean, Houston's the better team, guys. Oh, yeah. I don't think anybody's really debating that at this point in time. So it was hard for me to to uh, bet on Houston, knowing that wanting my, my, my Yankee fandom to, to get me a win and, uh, and, and bet against them. So I just kind of stayed off. Zeno, looking to the NFL, the Falcons, as you know, they're undefeated against the spread this season. Six and a half point dogs against the Bengals this Sunday. You think the Falcons keep it rolling and cover this number, or do you like the Bengals uh, laying six and a half at home? I mean, here's the thing. There have only been six teams uh, I'm sorry, seven teams in NFL history were in the last 33 years. Let me try this again, guys. Seven teams in the last 33 years to start out the season 6-0 and against the spread. The following week, of those seven teams, only three of them covered again to go 7-0 and and only four of them won outright. So the odds aren't in their favor to keep this streak going. Um, but how do you really step in front of the train that's the Atlanta Falcons right now in the way that they've played? They have a bend-don't-break defense, which is a little bit alarming, which is why I think the total has taken some, some action here early uh, to the over. But, you know, I mean, this is a team that figures out how to stay in games. You can run the ball as successfully as they can. Um, they, they have figured out a way to keep the ball in their hands, keep other teams' offenses off the field, and find a way to get in the end zone when they do it. They're a great situational football team. They know how to convert on third down on offense. They know how to get off the field on third down on defense. And they're smart. So, um, you know, it, it seems like a lot of points. The Bengals haven't really blown out anybody. You know, for them to win by more than a touchdown feels like it's a little bit of a stretch, but I'm not surprised at the number. What about the Texans? Because they're another team that isn't very good, but all of a sudden they're, what, 3-1-1 one, and one against the spread so far this year, uh, coming off of a bye. There are seven-point dogs in Las Vegas. Las Vegas also had a bye, but they're staying at home. And let's be honest, you know, having a bye in Las Vegas isn't exactly rest and relaxation. Uh, could be could be a little turned up there in Vegas. What are your thoughts on this matchup? I mean, I'm waiting for the Raiders to their offense to break out like we all thought it was going to, right? Like that's what we haven't seen yet, and I feel like they're on the cusp of it. Uh, and this may be the get right spot for their offense. But it's hard to trust them right now. It's hard to trust Josh McDaniels uh, to be able to, to coach his way through any tough spots at this point in time. And so I don't know if I would lay this big of a number uh, with Tech with, with the Raiders rather against the Texans who have been scrappy. You know, like they've found a way to stay in games. They've only been blown out once. So, you know, I lean on the dog in this spot. And guys, recent history, I know everybody thinks coming off a bye is like a huge win, but recent history has told us that home favorites off a bye aren't covering better than fifty percent of the time. Uh, since 2016. So it's not exactly like this this huge swing that we all think it is. Mark, the Seattle Seahawks have been a per, uh, pretty fun story, man, especially Geno Smith, who right now is the number one rated quarterback in the league. They're six-point dogs. I feel like every week we're getting a touchdown with them. I know the Chargers are the hype team. They're at home. What would you do in this spot here where Seattle keeps covering, and once again, we're getting them at six. In fact, this was six and a half, now down to six over at BetMGM. 
I, I think the Chargers are probably overvalued and overrated at this point in time, um, especially offensively. They haven't really, other than that one game against the Texans where they sprinted out to big lead and then let the Texans back in it, um, and the same thing with the Chargers, uh, with the Jaguars, rather. You know, um, they haven't really taken control of any games. Here's my fear, and, and this is just me because I'm in my own head. I know the minute I back Geno Smith and the Seahawks, the Geno Smith regression is coming right through. Yeah. And he's going to look like the Geno Smith that quarterback the Jets. And that's exactly what's going to happen. Like, I feel like we saw the Cooper Rush regression happen against the Eagles on Sunday and he threw three picks. There's a game that Geno Smith has in him that we're going to call Geno Smith regression game. Uh, and it's going to show up, and and all I probably need to do is just bet on them once, and that's when it'll show up. But nonetheless, I kind of that's my biggest fear. I mean, Incredible how much longer power. can we keep this up? Yeah, Mark. Moving forward, are you more concerned about the Packers or the Bucks? Probably the Packers. I still think they have the, the, the Bucks have more weapons, right? Like they have to get it right. The problem is their offensive line is banged up. So if you take the Packers' offensive line and give it to the Buccaneers, you'd have a pretty good team. Um, and that's kind of what you need to happen at this point in time. But you have to trust Tom Brady and all those weapons on offense. You can run it for net. You can get Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I mean, you, you guys know the list. It's not hard to figure out. I think that they will get right. I think that they also have a division where they have more beatable opponents across the board than necessarily in the NFC North. You know, the Lions offense is really good. Obviously, the Minnesota Vikings are, are you know, the lead horse in that division right now. Um, and who knows, you know, the Bears are still sticking to join up. But I just – I am more concerned that the offense for the Buccaneers uh, – the offense for the Packers has never looked good except for that one Sunday night game against the Bears. Other than that, they have not looked good at any other game this year. They've looked disjointed. they looked out of sorts. There's just not a lot of flow to the offense. And I'm not sure why Matt LaFleur is not giving – going to the ground game more. Like, it just feels like he's neglecting that in favor of trying to get Aaron Rodgers in the passing game going. Stick to what your team does well. Just pound the rock. Let's move over to college. Uh, Iowa, 29.5-point dog against Ohio State. That line actually opened up at 21.5 and has moved. I know Iowa plays some good defense. Maybe they can't score. But, man, is that a lot of points. Have you thought about or played this game? And Kind of what's your breakdown? I mean, I'm not stepping in front of Ohio State in that offense right now. Uh, you know, I, they, they, they're they going to score on this Iowa defense. So, here's the thing. I mean, you, you have to kind of – if you're going to play Iowa, you got to play them in the first half. Yeah. That's the only hope they have to keep this thing close. Because if if Ohio State sprints out to a 28-3 to lead at halftime, there, there's no way Iowa's getting back in it. You're done, right? So, the only way to play Iowa is in the first half. If they can keep it close in the first half and keep it within two scores – you got a great shot for them standing in this thing the whole game. But if, if Ohio State can get out early and, again, build a 21-3 lead, 24-3 lead, they, they'll just roll over in the second half. I, I will lay down and play dead for the second half because they know they, they don't have the offense to get back in that game. So I, I look at those big numbers sometimes and, and cut it in two halves and see how things go. It's probably the easiest way to play it. Uh, Mark, we only got about 90 seconds. If you could place one bet, college or uh, NFL this week, what would it be? What's your favorite play? Clemson plus 13 and a half on the road, uh, I'm sorry, Syracuse rather, plus 13 and a half, on the road at Clemson. I mean, it's a late night, guys. Syracuse plus 13 and a half uh, against Clemson. Yeah, I just, I, I, Clemson has done a great job this year of covering short numbers. Um, they've covered big numbers against bad defenses. The thing is, Syracuse isn't a bad defense. It's a good defense. It's too many points. I still think Clemson wins the game. They might win it by seven. They might win it by 10. But they have to win it by 14. Um, they would need multiple turnovers from Gary Schrader, 
of of the of the Syracuse Orange and, and have to take advantage that way. I don't, I don't see them covering that number any other way. Mark, thanks so much, man. Go enjoy the Yankees game. Hopefully, we get a win tonight. Yeah, same, brother. Thank you, guys. Have a great night.